Hey everyone, uh, welcome back to another episode. It's currently 3 p.m. here in Hawaii. Uh, and it is... I can't remember the dates anymore. Oh my goodness, what is today? Oh, today is Wednesday. So, some updates here regarding a p- couple of the last podcasts plus some new stuff. So, um, on the Biogas Digester... Um, I was able to repair that second panel like I mentioned in that last podcast and how I did it. Um, it's holding it's holding really good. It's super hard, so it looks like it's fixed, so it looks like it's good. I was able to put the glass back onto the top of the um, collector and put the frame back together. Um, I already have everything plumbed. Everything is secure. Uh, I went ahead and bled out the remaining balance of any air that was in the line. Uh, so now we just have water in the line and I'm happy to announce that we now have two solar hot water heating panels for the radiant floor heating system for the biogas digester. Awesome. Now I do have that third panel, the one that I was actually trying to solder, but it wasn't working out so well. Um, I think I'm going to end up repairing that panel because I only have two choices with that panel. Either I just take the panel and throw it away and junk it, which I don't want to do. Right, because I got it for I got these three panels for free, and sure they have some problems, and I'm fixing them, but it's still a cheap fix, and I'm able to utilize, you know, the value of these panels because the panels range anywhere between eight hundred to twenty eight hundred dollars, depending on where you're buying them from and stuff like that. So I got them for free. So if I got to spend you know twenty forty bucks repairing them, that's nothing. So uh, I do have that third panel, and I do plan on fixing that panel. Um, but not right at the moment. I do have some other obligations that I'm taking care of, um, other projects I need to, um, you know, finish up and square away. Um, but we do have two solar hot water heating panels working, and we're going to see. Now, um, today is technically the first day of it connected together um, with the glass on because uh, it was yesterday or the day before when I put the glass on. Um, but it's been super overcast and just really, really bad weather. And we're actually forecast to have bad weather for like another week. Uh, yeah. But hey, that's okay. At least I do have two panels now to help heat that biogas bio digester from the bottom up. So um, that's on its own um, temperature sensor and connected to a smart plug that I have all linked together. Uh, and the good thing about these smart plugs and some of these like um, sewn off devices and stuff, what I don't, I don't know if a lot of people know this, that um, if your router, because it's connected through the internet, if your router goes down, um, it still operates. It kind of saves it as a memory, which is pretty cool because I did a test uh, a couple nights ago with one of the smart plugs. What I did was I put it, I, I timed it, I timed the, the lights. I, I have a, uh, my downstairs lights connected to another smart plug. And um, so I timed the lights to turn on at a certain time and turn off a minute later and then turn back on a minute and then turn back off. And then so what I did is I programmed it. Uh, ahead of schedule, right ahead of time, uh, and then I went ahead and unplugged my route, my internet from my house, so there was no internet live, uh, and then I just watched it work. St- it still worked without the internet, so that's awesome. So it's really, really good news, especially if you're going to be turning, example, a s- old hot water heater into a smart hot water heater, because essentially it's all the same components. So that means if the internet does go down, at least it'll still kick on and off like it's supposed to. You know, but obviously if the grid goes down or there's no, no power at all, then everything is off, right? So it doesn't matter at that point, (laughs) but, um, at least if the internet goes down, um, everything will still work like it's supposed to. So that's awesome. 
So now I'm just going to wait to see what happens, you know, during the days and the next following days here with the sunlight. Because like I said, right now it's like completely overcast, like really, really gray. Um, yeah, it's just really bad weather. So there's nothing we can do. On another note, um, since I was able to accomplish that project, I moved on to another project. Uh, I went ahead and did the tune-up kit for my um, Bobcat Miller um, 260 welder generator, the real big one. It weighs about 540 pounds, somewhere around there. Uh, I had to change the spark plugs, uh, the oil, the oil filter, the fuel filter, um, and something else. There was something else I changed. But I bought a tune-up kit, cost about 100 bucks, uh, and then it only takes about 1.6 quarts of oil. So it's not a whole lot of oil, so that's good. And the reason for it is because it was actually getting hard to start. Like sometimes when I hit the starter, like when I turned the knob to start it, it would like normally just starts right up. Boom. No, no, no questions asked. Just boom. But recently it's been getting harder to start. Um, and then I had noticed on top of my display that it had a red light flashing and a gear wrench flashing. Uh, so I double checked my owner's manual and it, it said that I was past my, my oil change, which I was. Um, I was at a hundred and I think I'm a hundred and what am I? I think 110 hours or something like that. And you're supposed to change it at a hundred hours. So the, the machine was basically telling me, Hey, you need to do this. So I went ahead and did that this morning, flushed everything out, put all brand new on. And let me tell you, I went to go, I thought it was going to give me trouble because the filter was dry. I turned it on. It cranked two times and it started right up. I could see the fuel pushing right through that filter before it was dragging going through that fi that filter for the fuel so um obviously the fuel filter was clogged or getting clogged completely so now it runs perfectly fine runs really nice and smooth so good to go on that after i did that this morning uh i went ahead and went out to uh our heavy equipment and i needed to weld um the ripper on the bulldozer the actual ripper the tooth actually had a hairline crack um, all the way down it from us ripping so much in the back on these hard rocks uh, So I went ahead and um, grinded all that down welded that crack really nice and thick um, So there's no way that that's gonna crack again it's, It might crack someplace else, but it's not gonna crack on that weld because there's a lot of weld on there And I, I was using a 6011 rod and I was doing full penetration and it was Yeah, it's it's there <laughs> It ain't gonna hit it if it's gonna rip like I said or break it's gonna break someplace else not there uh, and then also I welded a couple other things on the bulldozer. We had to tighten the tracks on both sides. Uh, so I went ahead and tightened both tracks. Uh, and then I went ahead and welded um, two plates on each side to prevent the idle arm or the slide arm from sliding back on us so much. Because um, for some reason the ram in there that we would normally pump with grease is not taking the grease. And it might just be the grease nipple, but it's in a very awkward spot that we can't get to right now. So um, I put these little plates in place to prevent the slider from sliding back, which is basically doing the same thing that what the grease would do. You know, the grease goes into a, um, a hydraulic ram, essentially, and it pushes the, the slider out and keeps it out. The only way to let it out is to actually um, loosen that um, nipple, and then the grease will actually come out and push out. Then you got to get another machine to push that slider in to push all the grease out so you can get the track loose. So what we did was I, I welded two heavy-duty um, plates, and actually I used a railroad tie, railroad ties, 
believe it or not, we actually have railroad ties here. So it's the um, the railroads, the actual track. Uh, from way back in the day, we used to have a railroad system here. I mean, really way back in the day, old old days. That we had, we actually had a train here in on in Hawaii that used to go around and everything. And it's been since discontinued long time ago. Um, it was discontinued before I was even born. Um, but a lot of the tracks are still laying around here and there. And so people like us, we will um, find, sometimes come across the tracks. And then because it's all overgrown, it's all falling apart. You know, they're never going to use it. It's all, in fact, a lot of it, they've bulldozed across to make roads and highways and stuff already. Um, so it's never going to come into a, um, and a lot of it's actually going across people's properties. That's actually where we got a lot of ours from. It was actually going through another property we used to own. Uh, so we went ahead and cut the railroad tracks um, into, uh, you know, sections. Uh, then we also also have railroad ties. So that metal that they used for railroads, especially back then, was is a really, really hard metal. Like if I was to go to the metal supply place and go and buy a thick plate of steel and I start grinding on it or trying to bend it or break it, the railroad tie is like almost 10 times or 20 times tougher than the steel that I could go buy today. Um, so uh, I used the railroad ties. I cut off a section of the railroad tie, uh, put two plates on each side, um, one for one track, one for the other track, and welded a really nice big thick bead all the way around. Uh, that way we don't have to worry about our track slider coming back on us and the track coming loose. Because if the track comes loose, it'll jump track. And then we're really going to be hating life because then we're going to have to struggle to get these tracks back on because these tracks are steel heavy duty tracks for a bulldozer and they're thousands of pounds, thousands and thousands of pounds. They're not like a hundred pounds, thousands of pounds. So to put it on, we need a really big excavator. So this is to prevent that from happening. Um, so we're good to go on that. We also did some other repairs on that. Uh... What else do we got going on? Oh, so our backhoe, um, the we got our replacement um, pack, our seal pack um, for one of the hydraulic rams. Um, so we're hoping in the next couple of days our diesel mechanic can come back out and actually start working on replacing that seal that's leaking really bad. Um, and then as far as the clutch in our other work uh, ranch truck, it's almost complete. The transmission is back in there, but there's a couple other things that need to be hooked up and dealt with. Um, so he's got to finish that up and then repack that seal on that, um, ram for the, um, backhoe. So we're getting some stuff done. So that's great because we're trying this weekend. If we're able to get the ram repacked and also get the clutch f finalized and finished, then we're pretty much ready to go back to the back of the property and start back on the fence line. Um, so we're kind of up in the air right now as far as what's happening because the diesel mechanic said he threw his back out. Uh, I think it was like two days ago or a day ago. So we're just going to wait for him to let us know when he can come out and give us a hand again. So yeah, getting some projects accomplished here. Uh, there's other projects that I've done, but I can't really mention them on here. It's more private. Um, I don't really want to go into some of my private life stuff, but I had some pretty big projects. I had to like drop what I was doing to go and take care of these projects. So I did that actually yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. That's exactly what I did yesterday. <laughs> I can't even keep track of the days. Oh my goodness. <clears throat> but uh, everything is looking good, guys. So between now and maybe this weekend, getting back on the fence line in between, because we're kind of, everything's up in air at the moment. 
I'm going to slowly start working on running the gas lines in my house for the off-grid home. Because right now, I do have a gas stove and gas heaters and all that stuff. But I have a propane tank, you know, sitting right next to it, right? Um, like a barbecue grill tank. Well, I'm getting ready to actually fully plumb the whole house with gas lines. And we're running dual gas lines, one for propane and one for biogas. Um, that way we have, um, I can switch between either one um, that I want to run on, you know. So let's give an example. Let's say that there's not enough biogas or we run low or whatever it may be. I can switch over to the um, propane, no problem. Um, but the goal is to run directly on biogas for all the gas needs for the off-grid um, house. So um, but I'm going to be running double lines. So that means double connections, you know, <laughs> double everything, um, shut off valves, connectors everything so um yeah that's what i'm going to be slowly working on um i did come up with a game plan how i was going to run my gas lines so i think i have a pretty good idea to streamline everything to make it as simple as possible without having too many bends and connections and you know all that good stuff so yeah uh, that's what i'm going to be doing what else we got going on here uh oh um, my new truck um, actually has two two recalls on it. Uh, I think I mentioned one in another podcast, but um, one recall is for the windshield wiper, believe it or not. <laughs> and then the other one is actually for the fuel pump. They, this is what they're saying in their recall, that the fuel pump may fail and disintegrate. And when it disintegrates, it may push those parts into the fuel system, into the engine which will cause further damage. And then if you read down on the recall, it says, uh, you know, something of the effect of um, how to fix it or how to get it addressed. It says, no known fix yet. <laughs> oh my goodness. So <laughs> they have a recall, but they don't know how to fix it yet. Because I guess all the fuel pumps they made is all the same, right? So they can't, I mean, technically, if they were to replace it with another fuel pump that hasn't been upgraded yet, um, then I'm putting the same type of fuel pump in, which I take a chance. But my truck has been running perfectly fine. And, you know, I, I push it hard. I do. I push it really hard, especially when I'm towing and, you know, moving stuff around, heavy equipment and all kinds of stuff, trailers, load it down. Sure, I am pushing it hard. But when I'm not towing, I'm cruising. You know, I'm really trying to save gas. Uh, that's another thing too, the diesel, the miles per gallon for diesel that I get on this truck is actually really good considering it's a, you know, it's a one ton truck, four door, I think it's almost 12, I think it's 12,000 pounds, 12, I think 11,500 or 12,500. So it's a heavy truck. Um, not only that, I always have tools and a whole bunch of stuff in the back of the truck. So it's a lot more weight. Um, and I still get um, 21, well, it, it varies, it varies anywhere between 20 to 22 miles per gallon. That's pretty good. Um, because my old car, my other cars I used to have didn't even come close to that. I was getting like 13, 14. That was it. You know, but then again, to the trade-off, diesel is more expensive than gasoline. So, but at least it is a more fuel efficient, uh, you know, truck. Um, but I do need to take care of those recalls whenever they can figure out what they need to do to fix the fuel pump issues. <laughs> Seems weird, right? Jesus. You know, it seems like it seems like if I was a car manufacturer, you know, and I, and they say I have this issue, I would go and try to make a deal with another manufacturer that supplies fuel pumps to other trucks or other brands that don't have any issues at all, 
that lasts really long. And I would make a deal with that in order to make sure my customers, you know, have good, reliable parts. You know, that's really the only issue I've had. Oh, there is one issue. I do have a check engine light on and um, that's the, the diesel exhaust fluid. It basically has this big canister that's connected in line with the exhaust. Um, and it's got a, like a, a honeycomb in it. And it's to it's for the whole emissions for diesel and all that. Now in the mainland, you guys have you guys have to worry about this, uh, where you guys have to meet emissions and stuff like that. But here in Hawaii, we don't have that. Um, so technically, this emission stuff on this truck and a lot of the new trucks that we buy, we don't need it. And, and technically, we can actually remove it um, because it's it's not you know they don't check for it here, they don't inspect for it here. Um, it's it doesn't exist here. You know, so having this on the truck is, you know, if for that. Now, I have been thinking about doing what's called a delete by deleting the diesel exhaust fluid system the, and getting rid of also the um, DPF um, on the truck. Um, that way I can um, not have to put um, def fluid anymore. Now, if I lived in a state like most states in the United States now, I believe pretty much all of them um, require you have a def system on your, your truck especially if it's diesel, um, and they check for emissions, then I would obviously have to just leave it on there. Um, but what's happening is that filter is actually slowly getting clogged up, and the regen is not doing its job good enough to clean out that filter that's in there. And so what's happening is it looks like I'm going to have to take it into the dealership, which is under my warranty, and they're going to have to remove that canister and put a brand new canister up there because the existing one is slowly getting clogged. It's not clogged up completely, and it's funny because it'll, it'll kind of clog up a little bit, then it'll regen and clear itself out. And then, you know, it gets kind of back and forth, but it never cleans itself out all the way, you know, kind of like that. So um, I do have to take care of that. Now, in the future, I may end up deleting that because, like I said, the diesel exhaust fluid here in Hawaii right now, as of a week or two weeks ago, was $6 a gallon. And since then, the gas prices and diesel prices have gone up even more. So I know it's probably $6 and like 60 or $6 and like 80 cents right now for diesel exhaust fluid. And then diesel right now is well over $6. It's well over $6 here for diesel right now. And it keeps climbing. So, you know, I have some decisions to make with that. But for now, it is under warranty. So I'm going to let them replace the canister when I get some time to do it. Oh, so yeah, lots going on, guys. Lots going on. Oh my God, my back is killing me. From bending over all day from um, welding and crunched over underneath the bulldozer. Oh my goodness. Hard on the back, guys. Hard on the body, <laughs> to say the least. And not to mention, I smashed my finger so hard that I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this where you smash your fingernail or your finger so hard that the, the blood builds up underneath your fingernail. And um, I've had this happen, uh, you know, a handful of times over my lifetime. And um, usually what happens is I'll have to take a needle. Um, get it red hot and actually push the needle right through the fingernail until, you, I, until I can pop the blood blister and push the push on the bottom of my finger to push all the blood out. Um, and then that way it relieves the pressure. And then a lot of times you end up losing your fingernail or your toenail, um, and, but sometimes you don't, but most times you do. Um, so the blood is building up underneath my fingernail. It's throbbing. Um, so we'll see. Maybe tomorrow um, I may have to... Uh, um, you know, go ahead and pop and release that pressure underneath my finger, which means after I do that, it's going to be tender and sore and I can't really do fine tune stuff with that fingers, you know, 
but it is what it is. Uh, on another note, the, the off-grid solar system is doing awesome. Fully charged. In fact, I am dumping all the extra power into the heater element that's in the biogas digester as we speak right now. Um, might as well use that power instead of it just letting it waste to go to nothing. So, anyway, guys, I'm tired. I'm going to eat something and I'm going to lay down, rest my back, and then um, tomorrow's a new day. Tomorrow's a new day, guys. Keep your head up. Think outside the box, guys. You know, be innovative. You know, find ways to make your life or your future a lot better. That's constantly what I'm doing. Anything I can do to better my my family, myself, not only the quality of life, but financially, right? I'm constantly always doing something to better, you know, my family's lifestyle. So anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in. I'll see you guys on the next one.